This is Creative Associates Tell That Story, a podcast about entrepreneurs. From startup to success, we will find out how they turn their dreams into a business. Calavecchio. I'm listening to Ben Howington's rendition of Wayward Stranger, a folk gospel song from the early 19th century. Ben is the founder of Mormon Guitar, and he's our guest on this episode of Tell That Story. Hi, Ben. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional background? Sure. So I am a guitar player, um, but you know, guitar playing was always my hobby. Um, and, and it still kind of is in a way, but, uh, you know, started when I was young. I think I, I, I picked up the guitar at 13 after mm-hmm. uh, seeing my older sister's friend load a guitar into the back of our car. And he put it in the trunk and then closed the lid and then looked at me and he said, chicks dig guitar. Oh. <laughs> and I found my dad's old classical guitar in his closet, which only had two strings on it. Um, and I don't even know what they were tuned to. But I pulled it out, and I had a cassette of Blood Sugar Sex, Sex Magic by oh, Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers. Of course. And uh, put that on. And, you know, John Frusciante's lines back then, you know, like a lot of them were just single string lines. So I was like, this is perfect. And learned um, Give It Away. Great and I, song. I played it for three hours probably that night, you know, just over and over and over. And I was just completely hooked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it was about a year later that I was at a Blockbuster video. And the um, Steve Ray Vaughan Austin City Limits was playing on. Remember at Blockbuster how they had those big tube TVs that would hang over the aisles and they'd like play videos oh, on yeah. them? And it was like every note that he played was just hitting me right in the chest, you oh, know? Yeah. And it was like, ah, oh, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I remember going up to the guy behind the counter and asking him, who is that? You know? Yeah. yeah. It was a little 13 year old me, you know? Um, but that kind of like changed my life uh, as far as musically speaking. I heard from multiple people that that is a uh, that is a great performance. Oh, it's incredible! So being a, a huge Stevie Ray Vaughan fan myself, um, I definitely am going to have to uh, check that out. Yeah, you definitely should. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, n- I never wanted to do music as a career, mm-hmm. um, uh, mainly because I didn't want to um, I didn't want it to become. A, a source of stress, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I liked that it was more of a release for me than mm-hmm. uh, than just like a, a means to provide. And so, I, you know, I went to college and I got a degree in public relations mm-hmm. and moved to New York uh, uh, and worked for a PR firm up there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, got into marketing and branding and web design and overall brand design. Yeah. And so that kind of gave me the underlying skills to uh, create and begin something like Mormon Guitar. What were some of those specific skills? So that's a good question. Um, I would say that uh, consistency was kind of 
Mm -hmm. uh, the key thing of what I learned there um, in that it was a a quality of the content and then also the consistency of the content. and by doing that, that kind of like from the PR aspect of it, that really gave me um, a, a better sense of how to approach it versus mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the other stuff that I've seen. Because there, there were a lot. I mean, there's a lot of guitar sites out there, especially yeah. instructional sites. And it's always been hit or miss with me. And even in, within the site, everything in it is hit or miss. You know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, you go to what, what's it called Ultimate Guitar? Is that what it is? Yeah, Ultimate Guitar. Yeah, I mean, like you know, in, in a lot of those, they're all you know crowdsourced. So you know, you get people that are submitting their own music and tabs and stuff, and they'll have a lot of different versions of different songs. And some of them are are good, and some of them are really bad. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to create something that had that credibility level where everything that you found on it and everything you listened to and tried to learn was really good quality. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, when you when you developed the site, did you did you come up with the name Warm Guitar? The domain name came first. Oh, okay. Because it was because um, it was you know I had a background in SEO as well, mm-hmm. um, and it was a very niche uh, thing that I was doing, mm-hmm. and so um, you know I wanted to capitalize on those keywords. And yeah. So you know Warm Guitar worked, it, and the domain name was available. It's available. Yeah. Um, and so I just went ahead and took that. You know I looked at because you know. Mormon is also known as LDS and stuff. Right, right. LDS guitar was taken. Ah, okay. Um, Mm -hmm. But nobody was doing anything with it. And I'm actually, you know, in retrospect, I'm glad that happened because I think Mormon guitar has a cooler sound to it. Yeah, it's got a great name. It's easy to find when you type it in on Google search or or whatnot. Yeah, it's funny because, like, you while it started out as kind of, you know, capitalizing on keywords, it quickly turned into kind of the, the name of it you know yeah. to where even people refer to me as mormon guitar yeah <laughs> yeah <know>? so, <laughs> so it's kind of organic um yeah. so how, how did you come up with the logo the overall design yeah. of the logo is oh, super thanks. cool you know so there's the mormon salt lake temple and and i took the the profile of that mm-hmm. and i was looking at it because it has windows going down the yeah. sides as well and i was like that kind of looks like a guitar headstock you yeah. know so i just kind of you know created a very simple version of it and i actually took the um because i had the font that i wanted to use uh for the logo of mormon guitar and so then i took the m from mm-hmm. that and then added the steeple on top of the end. Oh, so that's yeah, where that yeah. shape comes from. Okay. And then added, you know, the strings and the little peg tuners. Yeah, um, yeah. Side. I was wondering that. It's super, it's super cool. Thanks. Thanks. So. Yeah, I, I really like that. When you take the actual font of the logo and, um, you know, for the symbol and, and, and using uh, kind of a, a piece of that, it really helps tie that together yeah. visually, you know? Definitely, definitely. What was the goal of when you started Mormon Guitar? teaching website actually that was um kind of the initial goal and and initially it was just going to be a blog Mm -hmm. you know um i knew i wanted to do actually when i first had the idea i was like i could do you know just an easy one and do it like you know once every other week or whatever luckily i kind of you know realized that that would be a lot of work especially when at the level that i wanted to do it because i didn't want to just do you know a simple uh, easy arrangement because I, I take you know some of them are Mormon hymns some of them are you know Christian hymns some of them yeah. are even uh, Appalachian hymns you yeah. know and folk songs mm-hmm. um, and wanted to take them and, and do new and interesting guitar arrangements of them and uh, I found that I wanted to uh, not only do the arrangement but also you know 
publish the music behind it and also do a video teaching you how to play it. Yeah. So it's not just me creating arrangements and, you know, putting them out there, but it's it's more of, you know, uh, guitar, and you, you know this, you play guitar, is mm -hmm. it, it's a community, sure. you know? And, and uh, in guitarists, you learn from other people. Oh, yeah. And so I wanted yeah. to kind of put out there resources that would help other people learn. Yeah, and speaking of the resources that are on your website, one that I really find interesting that I really kind of spent a lot of time on myself is the um, the Motabs, which in and of itself, the name is so creative because you're combining Mormon and Tabs, and that's that's kind of funny. Then you have the little part of speech over, over there with the definitions, and your wife kind of has a little... <laughs> uh, you put your wife in there, um, which... It's, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, so it's got an element of uh, of comedy, too. Well, it also I, plays off of Mormon Tabernacle Choir because everybody uh, refers to them as the Motab. I see. And so it was kind of an inside joke. I see. <laughs> I, didn't, well. I, was, I was wondering. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, those Motabs, you wanted to use the site as a teaching site, and you have the video with uh, the tabs and the sheet music. Mm -hmm. uh, did you have Motabs on the site uh, originally? Uh, so you know? when, when I first started out, it would I would create the tabs and basically publish the PDF and then mm -hmm. also put out a video for it. But I always wanted to, because, you know, I was into, um, uh, web development and stuff at the time that I was really wanting to kind of push wh what can we do to make this more interactive? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I spent a lot of time on it and then I came across, I can't even remember exactly how I came across them, but it's a company called sound slice out of Chicago yeah. mm -hmm. And they had just started, um, and it's this, the whole idea was living sheet music. And, uh, and so as the music's playing, you would see the music or the tablature move along mm -hmm. on the screen as well. So it, it just created this whole new way of, of, of visualizing it. So I contacted them and uh, worked out an arrangement, and they, and they let they allow me to, to embed the technology on my site. Yeah, and it's really it was really great, especially in the beginning, because I was able to. I mean, super nice guys and incredibly talented, and they also listened to their users. So you know, I I was able to kind of ask questions and give yeah. them some feedback and all that stuff. And they even incorporated it some of, some of it in, but their tool just keeps getting better and better. Um, and it, 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 that filled the missing piece for me, Yeah, definitely. you know, because now it's, you can actually see the video of me playing it with the sheet music right next to it, going along perfectly in sync. And even at the bottom of the screen, you have the fretboard with it yeah. lighting up where the notes are. And, and there's also tons of tools in that. You know, I mean, you can slow it down, you can loop yeah. it, you can do all these different things all to really understand what's going on. Yeah. The interface know? of sound slice I've, I, I thought was really, uh, innovative and inventive. You can even click on uh, one of the little tabs at the bottom and uh, a keyboard comes up and it tells you what yeah. notes you're playing on the yeah. keyboard. I think, you know, that's super, it's a very useful thing for very, musicians. Very. Yeah. Motat, it's just, a, it's a, such a cool tool. <laughs> Thanks. So Thanks. And you know, that really kind of gets to the heart of the purpose of the site initially. And it still is today is that I want it to be a resource yeah. um, for people. One, one of the coolest things is when you meet somebody who follows what you do and they play one of your songs back to you. Yeah. Like, that's really that's really awesome, you know? And, yeah. And, and so I, I like giving people the tools to be able to learn and, and teach themselves. Definitely. Um, what kind of feedback do you have? It's it's great feedback, to be honest. It was, and, and it wasn't, um, you know, I when I started it, I didn't, I wasn't really 
wanting to push it on people. It was mm-hmm. more just like I wanted to put it out there and just see what happened. Yeah. And the feedback that comes back is it's inspiring because it's all um, not only there, there's different types of people that, that leave feedback. Some of them are guitar players, mm-hmm. but a lot of them aren't. Yeah. You know, and so when you can do something that speaks to people that aren't even in that same field as you. Yeah. Then I think that really kind of speaks to how to grow the audience or whatever. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's for feedback for a specific arrangement I've done. Sometimes it's for it overall. But I'll tell you what, it really does help me keep going when it gets kind of yeah tiring. Of course, <laughs> you know? of course, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's been it's been incredible. I mean, like I I kind of view it as a community. I think that yeah. um, uh, you know the listeners and the audience and all the feedback that they give and and a lot of the feedback comes you know on the site, but even more of it comes on YouTube and yeah. Um, so your videos are also on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I, I post them to YouTube and then I embed them on the site. I see. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice because I kind of have, and then I also have a Facebook page and an Instagram that, but it kind of, you know, each one reaches a different audience. What's the, uh, what's the, the Facebook URL? Do you know, uh, or what is it? Slash Mormon guitar.com. Yeah. It's just slash Mormon guitar. I think. Slash Mormon guitar. Cool. Um, do you have some original songs on um, not necessarily originals, but I have very original versions oh, I of them, mm-hmm. you know, um, I haven't put out any of my original stuff and it's, uh, you know, yeah, yeah I might in the future, but that's okay because you're using it mainly as a teaching platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just curious, you know, because obviously you're a songwriter as well. Yeah. And it gives me, it gives me an audience that I can put out original stuff if I want to. And I feel like at least they would give me a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, how has mormonguitar.com given you the ability to, to travel? And what's that like? Oh man, that was an unexpected, uh, result. I get to travel around and I'll do concerts and, um, you know, at church we call them firesides, which is basically, you know, like it's basically a concert, except you talk a little bit more. Like my concerts are more, I I don't want to say they're they're more talking than you would normally see at a typical concert but it's Mm -hmm. not a lot of talking it's just you know like um kind of i like to give insights into each of the arrangements that i'm doing you know yeah yeah. um, a little background on on yeah arrangements yeah Yeah, like i'll I'll give you a good example like like battle him or the republic that's one that you know a lot of people know yeah regardless of what religion you are what it was it was the theme song of the north in the civil war you know um, and, uh, and, and when I was doing an arrangement of that, I, I was struggling a little bit to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, I mean, obviously this is, this is a song that doesn't necessarily lend itself to a typical guitar arrangement. Right. And, uh, and I was kind of thinking, uh, okay, well, you know, it was a, it was a war song. So, you know, it got marching and all that stuff. And yeah. then all of a sudden it was just kind of like clicked that, you know, it just started, I just, I just started doing like a, a Texas blues shuffle uh-huh. on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, that's it. So, so I, I do the entire, uh, battle hymn of the Republic as a Texas blues shuffle. So, you know, oh, I, wow. I, I yeah. like to give people the, the background info on that beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think it makes the listening experience more, um, memorable and more enjoyable when you understand, like, remember in the nineties when VH1 used to do storytellers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved that show. Yeah, because then you got all the insight into the writing of it, the meaning of it, all these things that you already knew the song. Yeah, but you didn't know what the genesis of that was. Yeah, and 
I think from a listener's perspective, that's a better way to put on a, a show or a performance. You know, the audience feels more engaged. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like in an hour, I can fit in eight, maybe nine songs versus, mm-hmm. you know, 13 or 14 if I just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, sometimes uh, sometimes I, I, I probably think I'm a lot funnier than I really am. <laughs> oh, so, well, that's, that's, so, that's most so, people. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, so you know, I like to you know give little commentary and stuff in between, but it, yeah. it, it makes it more enjoyable. I feel like I can interact with the audience more. Yeah. Um. But but typically, going back to your kind of the original question is, it's just people reaching out to me and asking if I will come and do it. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten to like I was in California last month. I've been to Alaska. Oh wow. I've mm-hmm. been all the way up to New York. I mean, like I've been to all corners of the of the United States now playing guitar, which even, you know, 10 years ago, I would never yeah. think that I would ever get to do that. Yeah. You know? Now, you're traveling by plane, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. and, and going, and are you, um, you know, taking your gear? Um, <laughs> what's, the, what's the, you know, from a, a fellow sure. musician, uh, are you bringing, um, you know, an acoustic guitar? And electric, what, are you, what are you traveling with? What generally, kind of gear? Generally, I, I travel with the acoustic. Okay. Um, and I try to keep it as simple as possible mm-hmm. um, and rely on them for the sound system and stuff. You know, luckily, a lot of these concerts I give are in church buildings. Mm-hmm. And and usually the, the mic at the pulpit in churches is a small condenser mic. Yeah. And actually picks up the guitar really well. Oh, awesome. And so yeah. it's, you know, I can walk in there with just an acoustic guitar and really sound great. Yeah, that's awesome. Know? Awesome, yeah. Because as a musician, I hate having to lug yeah. around uh, a bunch of a bunch of gear. Yeah, and it used but, to be more stressful flying with a guitar than it is now. Yeah, um, you know the uh, you just bring it in the overhead, or yeah, I just put it in the overhead. And, yeah. and it used to be uh, so. It was I want to say maybe five or six years ago that the it's not the TSA, but it's um, the FAA. The FAA. They yeah. pa- they passed regulation that they have to allow a guitar on the plane. Oh, really? They, they mm-hmm. ha- well, they have to treat it just as any other... Another carry-on. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I'm late to the flight and there's no room in the overhead, yeah. I that that's on me. I don't get to put it up there. But if I'm onto the flight early and there's room up there, I can put it up there. Yeah. And, he, and for years, it was, you know, somebody, whether it's a flight attendant or a gate agent or somebody would tell me I'd have to check it. And sure. Like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It'll fit. It'll be fine. But actually, now nobody says anything to oh, me that's, anymore. Yeah, so. that's great. So it's that's... a lot easier to travel with a guitar now. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, definitely more effective. Um, I'm going to dive into some more questions about uh, the business aspect of Mormon Guitar, just advice you have to sure. uh, other people that want to kind of get into uh, starting their own thing. Yeah. One of, one of the questions I have for you is when you're working on putting something up on the site, how do you divvy up your time working between the writing, the recording, the editing, the, the post-production? How do yeah. you, how do you uh, divvy up your time with that? That's a good question. So, so a lot of the time goes to creating the arrangement itself. You know, I, as far as the actual recording and editing and all that stuff, I try to keep that as minimum as possible. You know, when I record, sit down and record, and you know, videotape it and all that stuff, I I do it all in one take. And so, you know, I'll 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 play it through a couple of times, um, and then. You know, whenever I get a good take, I'll kind of give myself a little thumbs up in the camera yeah. so that afterwards I can, you know, go back and say, oh, that's the one I thought was good or whatever. And so the the post-production and getting it all up on the site and all that stuff probably takes about a day. But I do them or, you know, for the first couple of years, I was doing one a month and probably the first 
two weeks of that month was really just at the beginning of the month, I would decide which song I was going to do. Mm -hmm. But then the first two weeks was I wouldn't even touch a guitar. Mm -hmm. I would just try and do it all in my head because I found that when I would sit down with a guitar, what I'm used to doing on a guitar would just start coming out versus in my head, I'm able to push myself more yeah. and then force myself to sit down and work it out. And, you know, from, you know, for an entrepreneur and all that stuff, it's, this isn't a nine to five thing. It, it's always on. And so I, I think that there's far more work that's done in your head yeah. than actual on paper. Because yeah. you're always thinking about it, always trying to figure stuff yeah. out. I think uh, that's part of the creative process, you know, it really for, is. for people that, whether you're a writer or a musician, um, it's just how are you able to take that creativity out of your head and put it down on, on something tangible. Yeah, so even while I'm working on other stuff that I have to do every single day, I'm always thinking about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then kind of towards the end of the month when it comes time, then I kind of set aside some time to dedicate to it. Yeah. Um, but I have to I have to set that time aside. Otherwise, you know, it would extend into yeah. a couple of days and then it would just always be there and, and sucking life out of me sure you know instead it's like i got it and not only that but it's, it's like i have to sit down and do it and then when it's done i need to accept it yeah yeah. you know because i feel like that that you know part of the other you know being creative and and we constantly want to critique our own work we constantly want to go back and say oh maybe i should change this or maybe i should do this differently yeah eventually you just have to say uh, there's only so much work you can do. You know, it's like a painter. You put so much down on a canvas. Eventually, that uh, that canvas, you just got to say that painting's done. You, yeah. You, you can't continue to keep making changes. I mean, up to a certain point, yeah, but eventually you got to have a final product. Yeah, you know, digital recording has made recording so accessible to so many people. Um, but, you know, back in the days of tape, it was... It is what it is. And even yeah. before that, you know, when you're recording just onto phonographs and stuff like that i mean it was yeah you got it you got to front load that thing by practicing and knowing your material going in sure. and then whatever comes out comes out yeah you know and i think that's the beauty of it i yeah. think that you know the beauty of music lies in the imperfections it's what's in between the notes yeah rather than the notes themselves so yeah. going in and slicing something up and fine-tuning every single piece, when you come out of it, it's going to sound like a robot. Yeah, yeah. When you say, I'm going to feature this song on my website, when you start making that idea tangible, how long, is it about a month from the time you, yeah. you about a month? About a month. Okay. Um, and I used to, uh, I, I would give myself a month, and at the front of the month, I would put out, I, I, I would publish what it is that I was working on, mm -hmm. and that it was going to be done on the first day of the next month. Yeah. So I gave myself a deadline, and I let that deadline be known. Yeah. So then I had to hold myself to it. Yeah. Because other people would hold myself to it, mm -hmm. and that really helped with the uh, having to just okay, it's done. I gotta, I gotta put it out there. Yeah. Rather than. Yeah, you definitely. Know, so it go on forever. So you also said that the videos they're also they're featured on your website, but you also put them on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten feedback directly from any of those videos that had said, "Hey, come out and I'd love to meet you" or that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, it happens all the time, actually. In fact, YouTube is one of those things that blew up much more than I intended it to because you know I just put the videos out there, and that's yeah. it. I don't even really engage that much on YouTube, you mm -hmm. know, like replying to comments and all that stuff. You know, I, I do every once in a while, especially if a comment is, is pretty relevant, but yeah. I, I found that you, YouTubers are far more interactive than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and it's in that interaction that you kind of form those relationships 
And not only that, but it's also it's a way for people to reach out to you and, and ask you to come out. So what have you found to be the most effective way of marketing it? Um, hard, hard question, loaded question, but. Well, no, it's a really good question because, you know, I actually think that the most effective thing that has worked for me is just quality, not quantity. Mm -hmm. So rather than just trying to put as much stuff out there all the time, if I just put really high quality stuff out there, yeah, that grows more than, you know, lesser, more yeah. co content stuff. Yeah. And so when I do publish something, you know, I will, I'll, I'll obviously I'll, I'll upload it to YouTube, put it on the website, um, post about it on Facebook and on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and then also email it out because I got an email list. Yeah. Where people can sign up. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and really, that's about it. Yeah. And then it kind of just goes from there. And then it's just kind of word of mouth. Sure, and, sure. And that was from the very beginning. If I'm doing a concert somewhere, I'll do like a, a paid social ad just yeah. to kind of like to people, you know, with intent, just in that little area, sure. just to make sure that they see it. Because, you know, especially on Facebook, you know, they 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 really have changed from the since when I started it uh the the way that you reach your audience yeah you know they <laughs> they, they try to suck the money out of sure, you sure take it to those yeah. people rather than focus on the marketing i was really just trying to focus on the quality of content right and right. i found that to be far more effective uh it's more important to have 10 quality people that are listening to your stuff than a thousand people that really yeah you don't even know who those thousand I people completely are agree it, it's so in you know talking about that quality over quantity you're exactly right that actually translates into the audience yeah is that you can have you, you don't necessarily have to judge how successful you are or how well you're doing by the number of followers right. or the num how big your audience is because you're never going to be able to compete with that. We're sure. in the world of, you know, billion-plus views for yeah. videos on YouTube. You're, you're never going to reach that. But even if you have a small audience, if that audience is really engaged mm -hmm. and that audience is are super fans, they're going to do far more for you yeah. Than having, you know, 10 times that size audience who really just kind of. Yeah, definitely. Is, you know, you said you come from a PR and SEO experience. So on your website, do you have some type of tool that measures analytics? How does that work? So what I, tools are you using? For I that? use Google Analytics mm -hmm. for the most part on all that. And I try not to look at it too much. Like I try not to let the analytics drive what I'm doing. Yeah, it is, you know, even more so like on, on YouTube, I can see the you know, because YouTube's got their analytics, Facebook's got their analytics, and I kind of, you know, I look at them, but I don't let that drive my decisions. Yeah. Other than, you know, the the, the choices I make and what content I'm going to put out there, mm -hmm. um, I do pay attention to which kind are more popular and stuff. But yeah. I but I don't necessarily let that just just do those. Mm -hmm. You know, what I mean, because some of the some of my favorite stuff that I've done. Um, is not nearly as popular as some yeah. of, of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah that's okay. But um, but it's good to be aware of those analytics and to be doing. In fact, it's it's funny. They're hymns and stuff. So it's okay. So if I ever showed you my analytics, you you could look at it without seeing any other um, points of data and just say, I can see exactly where the Sundays are because oh. it just <laughs> peaks every Sunday. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's know? pretty funny. Yeah, that's when people like to go out there sure. yeah. and try and learn this stuff. And so. Um, have you ever had somebody say, hey, uh, Ben, I really like this song, um, be it a traditional uh, Mormon hymn or something, you know, something else? Uh, 
I really like the song. Can you put this on? Yeah, on uh... all the time. Yeah, and and it's driven some of the song choices that I've done. Yeah, in, in the very beginning, I let my kids choose which one I, I did, and then uh, and then I let the audience members yeah. choose it. I actually find that it's um, it's more of a it stimulates me more creatively when I don't choose which mm-hmm. hymn I'm going to do, um, because. You know, you you can get into it if you choose it and you get into it. Then all of a sudden, it's like you know, if you're having some struggles, it's no, oh, maybe this isn't the right. Yeah, one. maybe I'm going down the wrong path. But when I let other people choose it, or when I already announce it, so even if I was to choose it, but I announced it already that I'm doing this, well, now I'm married to it. Yeah, you know, and then it kind of really forces you creatively to come up with you know a solution or whatever it is that you're going to do, rather than just. Because I don't believe that there's ever – I don't believe that there are are bad ideas. Yeah. I think that there are just ideas that you just haven't fleshed out enough yeah. or haven't committed yourself to or haven't said, I, I, I'm going to come up with some, a solution for this yeah. or my version of it. And what comes of it, comes of it. Sure. Maybe I'm not you know completely in love with it, but I've got to do it. Ben, if you had five minutes to give your younger self advice, uh, what would what would you say to yourself? I would, I would tell myself to hang in there and to just work hard and not, um, not sell your, sell yourself short. You know. So I played guitar my whole life. You know, and and it actually kind of came. I don't want to say it came easy to me because I worked really hard at it. You know I mean? There's so much behind the scenes that any musician or anybody that's, you know, skilled at their craft has put into their craft to get to the level that they're at. Um, But, uh, you know, I've always been, uh, I've always been very, guitars, it's always been part of my identity. Um, But a lot of times that's, that was a, a, a personal identity. You know, an introspective identity. Yeah. To the point where, you know, once I graduated, co- it's like you graduate college and, you know, I had bands in college and stuff. But when you graduate and you're like, well, I guess I'm not going to be a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> you know, time to go get a job. Um, and so you just kind of move on with life and stuff. But it was still always a passion and stuff. And I, I, I never would have expected that it in my mid-30s, all of a sudden, people would start caring about me playing guitar mm. like i never would have dreamed that happening um and yeah, it happened cool. and it, it happened in a very non-conventional way yeah um to how it usually happens um and and it and it's and i feel really blessed for that i really do um and i feel like it, it, so many people have their passions and I, I, to, to me, I, w- I, w- I would say don't give up on that. And yeah. I would say that to anybody. Don't give up on your passions. You know, how you use them and what they look like in the end might not be exactly how you envision them. Sure. But, you know, we're, we all have talents and and we all have something to give. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and just find a way to give whatever it is that you have. And, and don't do it for... Don't do it for selfish reasons. Yeah. You know, do it yeah. because you want to be that source for good. Yeah. You know, for me, it was I want to help those guitar players out there, especially kids, you know, yeah. like a teenager that cause I, I was self-taught. I didn't have any lessons. It wasn't that my parents wouldn't get me lessons. I just never asked for them. Yeah. But, you know, I also 
you know, this was at a time where there were there was no internet like it is today. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have the resources to teach myself, so I wanted to give back. I wanted to give that. Yeah. Um, and so I would just I would just encourage people to like find a way to use your talents to give back. Yeah, yeah. And when you do that, you're gonna find that uh, that a lot's gonna happen. And, yeah. And and you know I'll use the word blessings. I mean it, it is your life will be blessed for yeah. it. And you're and because because you're gonna be blessing the lives yeah. of others. Just want to thank the listeners uh, for listening to Ben Howington talk about uh, MormonGuitar.com and his experiences with it. Everybody check out www.MormonGuitar.com. It features a lot of cool music, Mormon hymns, and other traditional songs. So thank you so much, Ben. Thanks for having me. Tell That Story is a podcast about entrepreneurs. If you have an interesting story about people running their own business or comments about the show, contact us at info at Hope everyone has a good week.